Welcome to the Employment Law and HR Podcast with your host, Allison Colley. Hello and welcome to this episode number 53 of the Employment Law and HR Podcast. I'm your host for the show, Alison Colley. I'm a solicitor and employment law specialist. I run my own legal practice, Real Employment Law Advice, in which I provide advice to employers and employees on all aspects of employment law. Now, the purpose of this podcast, if you're a first-time listener, is to provide you with easy-to-understand, quick updates on employment law, which is always changing and always evolving. And this week, I've got a really good case for you with some interesting facts. So what I'll do is get straight into this week's content. Now, this week's case is a really interesting one in that it involves a Premier League footballer. And these kind of cases don't come along very often. And the reason for that is because basically footballers are generally paid quite highly and such as their contracts and the way that their um, agreements are arranged, that they don't tend to end up in the employment tribunal. If a dispute arises, it's normally a contractual one and therefore it would go straight to the High Court because in the employment tribunal, there are limits and restrictions on the amount of compensation that can be recovered. So it's not often that you'll find an a Premier League footballer in the Employment Tribunal, which is why this one's really interesting. Now, the employee in this case, the footballer, is a gentleman by the name of Jonas Gutierrez. And for those of you who don't follow football, he is an Argentinian footballer and he used to play for Newcastle United, who are a Premier League team. And that's who his claim was against. Unfortunately for Mr Gutierrez, he was diagnosed with cancer, with testicular cancer in October 2013, and then successfully went on to have treatment. And this is where the issue arose in terms of his employment tribunal claim. He brought a claim in the employment tribunal against Newcastle United in relation to the Equality Act, which is the law which deals with things like discrimination and particularly disability discrimination. And the thing about claims under the Equality Act is there is no upper limit on the compensation that can be awarded for a claim for discrimination. And therefore, Mr Gutierrez, who's obviously on a high salary, would have a high amount of compensation if successful, which is why he brought his claim in the Employment Tribunal. Now, Mr Gutierrez, his case was surrounding the fact that he was diagnosed with cancer in October 2013. And a diagnosis of cancer means that somebody is automatically covered as a disabled person for the purposes of the Equality Act and for disability discrimination, which means that they have additional protection from less favourable treatment or from being treated to their detriment because of their disability. And it also means that an employer has an obligation to make reasonable adjustments to their employment to ensure that they're not at a disadvantage. So there's no doubt in this case that Mr Gutierrez was a disabled person for the purposes of the Equality Act and his claim was for discrimination and a failure to make reasonable adjustments in relation to the way he was treated at the end of his fixed-term contract. In Mr Gutierrez's contract, he had a four-year contract with Newcastle United, which he signed in September 2011. And in order for him to have an immediate, so an automatic extension of one year at the end of the four-year contract, he needed to have started in 80 games during the period of that four-year contract. So 
his contract said, I don't have a copy of his contract. I'm just reporting on what's been said about the case. Um, but it basically it's reported that he had a clause which said if he started for 80 games in that four year period, they would automatically give him a further year, which would take him into, uh, the, um, season 2015, 2016. Now, Mr. Gutierrez's case is that once his employer, Newcastle United, found out about his diagnosis of testicular cancer in October 2013, that steps were taken to ensure that he didn't meet that eight-game target and that they were afraid of giving him that additional year's contract because of his diagnosis. It appears from some of the evidence that came out of the Employment Tribunal and the evidence that was given by Mr Gutierrez that there was obviously some conversations that took place that made it clear to him that the club were concerned about his condition. And he said that in late April 2015, he was told specifically by the club that they may consider offering him a new contract, but would only consider doing so at the end of the season. Mr Gutierrez also says that nobody at the club contacted him during his treatment and chemotherapy and he was made to feel that his future at the club was in jeopardy. Now it turns out that Mr Gutierrez had actually made 78 starts and five appearances as a substitute during the period in question and therefore he missed out on that automatic extension to his contract. Now, what the Employment Tribunal decided in Mr Gutierrez's case is that he had been discriminated against on the grounds of his disability and that the club had failed to make reasonable adjustments. They agreed with his evidence and said that actually what the Newcastle United had done was discrimination. They were unhappy with the evidence that was provided by Newcastle United and they concluded that they had decided to drop him because of his diagnosis of cancer. Now, Mr Gutierrez was on £40,000 a week and it's reported that his new contract was worth around two million to him and that's the amount that he's claiming from them. Now at the conclusion of the employment tribunal case they haven't dealt with the remedy which is dealing with the amount of compensation that he will receive that will come later on and what normally happens in these sorts of cases is actually once the employment tribunal deliver their judgment a settlement tends to be reached between the parties before it gets to the remedy hearing. If that happens, then it's likely that it will be dealt with in a confidential agreement, which we won't know about. We won't know the true findings of it. But from an employer's perspective, it's normally better to try to negotiate with an employee after a judgment against you and try and get at least some form of decent settlement arranged rather than take the risk of going to the employment tribunal and having them determine how much money you'd have to pay as compensation. So I suspect that's what will happen in this and we'll hear news of that in the future. And which, of course, I'll report on in the podcast or on my website, adviceforemployers.co.uk. So what about the law in this situation? Now, you might be wondering, well, that's all very well and good, Alison, but um, what legal basis did, did Mr Gutierrez have for bringing his claim? Well, as I said, under the Equality Act, somebody who has been diagnosed with cancer automatically qualifies as a disabled person. So if you have any employees on your staff who have a diagnosis of cancer, then there are a number of things you should do, not only from a moral perspective, but from a legal perspective. And clearly there wasn't very much advice or support given in in the case of Newcastle United. Now, in this case, Mr Gutierrez's claim was for direct discrimination, so that he was treated less favourably than others because of his disability. 
In terms of disability discrimination, there are a number of types of claim. There's the first one, which is direct discrimination, which is where somebody is treated less favourably because of their disability, which is what the finding was in this case. There is discrimination by treating somebody unfavourably because of something arising in consequence of their disability. And there is a defence to that, which is objective justification. So it may be that an employer does something which treats somebody unfavourably, but they can then justify it. And that's known as discrimination arising from disability. Then you've got indirect discrimination, which is where an employer applies a provision, criteria or practice that puts somebody at a disadvantage compared to others who don't have that disability. And that the employer has failed to make reasonable adjustments. And that was the second finding in this case, was that the employer had failed to make reasonable adjustments to their processes to take into consideration Mr Gutierrez's disability. In addition to those types of discrimination, an employee may have a claim for harassment relating to disability and to being victimised as a re- result of raising an issue concerning disability discrimination. Those who aren't football fans and maybe the more cynical of you may be thinking to yourself, well, actually, do you know what? It's no surprise, given the way that football clubs behave in general, that they treated somebody, one of their own, somebody who helped them to win in the last game of the season and to remain in the Premier League and then to go on to be treated this way. Aside from that point, what's interesting about this case is that it highlights that no matter who you are, no matter what you earn and no matter where you work, you can have these issues that arise. And even employers who you think would have the best advisors around them and the money to pay for the best advice can find themselves falling foul of such issues as disability discrimination. As I mentioned in a previous podcast when we were talking about reputation and the reputational risk, this is a huge issue for Newcastle United in terms of their reputation and the way that they're perceived. This case has been reported widely across the media. And it doesn't cast any of the parties involved in a very good light. And therefore, whilst your business name may not find yourself plastered across the papers because of a case like this one, it can affect your reputation locally, not only with your customers, but also in terms of future employees. In the case of Newcastle United, I wonder what would happen if they were trying to get hold of a top class footballer to work for them. And that footballer was faced with two different types of clubs. And on the one hand, You've got a club who doesn't have such issues or hasn't had such public shaming in relation to disability discrimination. And then you have Newcastle United. It may very well be that as a club, they lose out on great quality footballers as a result of this. Who knows? If you find yourself in a situation where you have an employee who reports to you that they have a disability, you suspect that they might have a disability or who tells you they have had a diagnosis of cancer, then I strongly recommend that you get some advice before you take any steps in relation to their employment that could result in a claim for discrimination against you. Thanks so much for listening. If you'd like more information about this case or about disability discrimination, then please go over to my website, adviceforemployers.co.uk. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes so that you get the fortnightly content straight to your device. Have a great week. Thanks again for listening. Just want to finalise by saying I wouldn't be a lawyer unless I had a legal disclaimer. So I must just say to you, 
that the information in this podcast is for information only. It's general review and a general update. It's always necessary to get specific legal advice about your circumstances. So please don't rely on anything that you've heard in this podcast. But please do feel free to contact me if you'd like further information or specific advice.